Hi guys, I am so excited for you to listen to today's episode with my friend Ashley Nowicki. We talk about following your gut when you're like really holding on to your life's plan and the way that you thought life should have gone or the way that you planned for life to go and how hard it is to kind of trust that instinct and how sometimes it takes years and all the signs that the universe can possibly provide for you um but how when you eventually realize you know your own happiness is more important than life going according to plan Um, and how much more easily the universe kind of guides you in that correct direction when you're aligned with where you're meant to go Um, having really realistic expectations about your happiness and kind of realizing that it's not selfish to want to be happy Um, and how much bigger of an impact you're able to make on the world, on your community, on your life, when you are where you're meant to really be. Um, We also talk about having the confidence to ask questions and to say, I don't know this, but I would like to learn. And I'd like to learn where I can learn this information in the future and things like that. Um, And we also talk about how being different and having an unusual path and having a very unique background and lots of different fields that are you know seemingly unrelated how every single field is interdisciplinary and you having different backgrounds and different ideas and different experiences makes you an asset to any team Um, i loved this episode i am so glad that i was able to reconnect with this friend Uh, if you like this episode please share it with your friends on instagram family send it to a friend Um, i love you guys so much and I will see you on the other side. Hi friends, welcome to the Edge of Fear podcast, hosted by Liz Basil Lewison, at Liz Without a Pillow. Each week I'll be bringing you some different insights, lessons, and laughs, with an end goal of a more empowered and authentically happier human race. Everybody's got a story, and everybody's story is important. Let's do this. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Edge of Fear podcast. I am so excited about my guest tonight. She is a lacrosse team member of mine from college. Um, I've known her for 10 years now. Crazy. Um, And we reconnected about a year ago uh, after we found some, you know, similarities in our paths and i'm so happy and grateful that we were able to reconnect uh ashley would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners yes um thank you for having me on your podcast um it's really exciting to be here and talk about everything um my name is ashley nowicki and as as liz said we've known each other for about a decade now from um lacrosse and i am currently in my last semester of my Master of Architecture program at Syracuse University, um, graduating in December. Ashley, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I'm so excited to have you here, and your story is really an interesting one. Um, You know, like I said, when we met up again last year, you were obviously already on this track for architecture, but when I lost, when I last saw you 10 years ago, which I guess would be the case when you last saw anyone 10 years ago, you know, maybe, uh, but you were doing, you were up to something completely different. Um, And you told me a little bit about your story last year, a little bit a few weeks ago when we spoke again, Um, but I am so deeply inspired by your story you have been so courageous and in in simple ways you know and i think that they're really simple ways that would benefit people to hear and to see that you know it's our journey is is not linear and we jump around from thing to thing and it it doesn't always go as planned um and i love that you kind of went with where you know, life was taking you. Um, so I'd love to to let listeners in on kind of how you um, decided to make this transition from the medical field to what you're finishing up school for now um, in architecture, which congratulations almost, by the way, um, so exciting to almost be done. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you for all of those like very nice things that you're saying. It's, um, it's funny, Uh, When I look back on my journey to where I'm at, it seems like a complete mess, right? Um, But I think that's what your 20s are. (laughs) 
her like. Really, um, for all of us. <laughs> yeah, you look back and you know you can you can print it on a resume and you can follow your path and tell someone your path and it seems like there were clear ways of how you got there but in the moment if it, it felt like complete chaos um yeah i was um i was always a planner ever since i don't know maybe i was like 12 i always had plans right so you know i felt like i had to make a career choice like everyone you know you're going to college soon you're supposed to know all of these things somehow at 16. Um, so my plans were um, were very, I was very planned out. So I was going to go to undergrad and get into medical school, graduate at like 25, do my residency for three years. I even had like it down to like what year I would get married, when I'd have kids. It was kind of insane. Look back, none of it happened. Really. Um, I think that that's why you're, when we met last year, your story was so profound to me because I did remember that, you know, living down the hall from you and, or maybe your best friend lived down the hall from me or something. I think we lived down the hall from each other, didn't we? Yeah, I thought we did. Yeah, yeah. we did. <laughs> I just remember you being at uh, Fishman room all the time and I was like maybe I was there <laughs> um, but you were so clear from such a young age like I remember meeting you and you were a freshman and I was a little bit older than you and I was like damn this 18 year old girl or so, you were young too I was like this 17 year old girl has her shit together like and she and I think when you see people who know where they're going and they're like on the right track and they have a good head on their shoulders, you're like, they are going to get there. And I knew that that was your plan. And I was like, she is going to get there. And so when we spoke briefly before meeting up in New York City last year, I was like shook that you were going to school for something completely different. Um, and it says a lot about, you know, the plan and, and the way life goes and, and how sometimes the plan isn't, you know, why should we know what we're going to do at 16 anyway? Come on. <laughs> it's so funny, right? Like I had everything planned out for this life, right? I had known like the exact reasons why I was going to do it, how to get into school, like, I had the right grades and the right classes and I had all the professors that I needed to like me, like me. And um, I wanted to do mission work. So I wanted to like do service work and do Doctors Without Borders kind of stuff. So I had it all planned out. And, um, and then, you know, you're in undergrad and, you know, especially when you're playing sports in undergrad, things get like really stressful. And I remember my, my junior year, I felt so overwhelmed. I was taking 18 credits because I just was doing way too much while playing lacrosse and had started playing field hockey that year too. <laughs> and I was on the student government and I was just completely burnt out. And I remember thinking like, I, I just don't feel happy doing the things that I'm doing. And I knew that like being a physician was that exhausting too. And I was concerned about if I really had the passion for what I thought I had. And that was like the first inkling that I, I wasn't sure if I was in the field. And I kept exploring it through, I kept doing service trips and that's how I was exploring it because I love them. I have to say like going on service trips was the best parts of my life. And I hope I can do them again soon um, because there's there are these, really amazing moments to make connections with people from different communities that are just full of love and are wonderful human beings and they want to invite you into their lives and, and you are you go there to help them right but they end up giving you so much more um but i remember like it wasn't the medicine that was making me feel good right it was it was the community interaction and then i i went to calcutta with with St. Vincent as well. And I got severely depressed there. I thought for sure I was going to go to Kolkata and we were doing more work with like patients there. I thought for sure I was going to go there and see how people really needed help with public health, health and think like, wow, like I have this big calling to really help people. And I remember leaving and thinking like, you can't help people like that. This doesn't help people by going 
there and offering medicine that's not helping people, um, which is really weird to say, right? But no, it did. I, I mean, I so agree. I think people just don't say it. I don't know if it's weird to say it. I think it's weird the way we don't say it, <laughs> the way nobody says that. But it's, <laughs> I think it's very interesting and it's really cool to hear somebody who studied that and was on track to do that, to say that. Um, but, but go on. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, you think that you're going to go and help someone get better with their, um, their health, which is very important but we're not fixing any of the systematic problems of the regions. And so they just keep getting sick again and it just keeps being a generational thing. And, and I started noticing that just through doing many mission trips, I just started questioning things. Um, and then like, I, I just felt so sure that I was supposed to do medicine. So I, <laughs> I worked in like a physical therapy office as a physical therapy aide. I worked as a medical assistant at a pediatric office. I worked at a running store doing like injury prevention stuff, which was fun. That was, that was a fun job. But then I worked, um, I worked as an EMT. I was offered during my EMT um, physical, I was offered by this, this doctor. He, was, he just had met me and was like, I want to write you a letter of recommendation to get you into medical school. I had just met him. He was like, so he actually just emailed me and I haven't told him. Aww. <laughs> so I need to email him back. But, you know, everything was lining up, like pushing me forward for that, except for myself. Like nothing felt right. And then, and then I worked as a neurodiagnostic technician at at um, a big trauma hospital in Pittsburgh. And I worked there for about two years uh, where we worked in like a lot of the trauma units. Um, we also had outpatients, but most of our work was dealing with like traumatic brain injury patients. Um, we were dealing with people who had, like either had strokes or really bad car accidents or um, they had brain cancer and had surgery. Some people had epilepsy. Um, but a lot of it, like even, even brain death studies too, a lot of it was pretty, pretty tough. Um, and I really, you know, I still wanted to help people, but things just weren't lining up. Um, and I remember telling you before that I just, I wasn't able to do the connections with the people that I wanted to at the hospital. Like I wasn't able to really connect with them. And then I was noticing that physicians weren't doing that either, right? They're doing rounds. Um, so they're meeting with people pretty quickly because they have to, because there's just, there's so many people. Um, but medicine wasn't so much about the connection there as it was about the treatment. Um, and there's parts of medicine that does more connection wise things. Um, but for me, it just, it wasn't working. And which was like the same kind of realization that you'd had, you know, however many months or years earlier in Calcutta, right? Like, and kind of the, the first inkling that you followed. Um, and this was kind of just like reaffirming that for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I remember the, the person I was dating at the time when I started working at the hospital, I told him, um, told him like about these nurses and other people I had met at the hospital that were just, they were so cold and they were not very nice to their patients. And I remember telling him, um, the day, the day that I feel that way about my patients is the day that I need to leave. So the day that I don't feel that compassion that like, I'm, I'm such an emotional person. <laughs> the day that I lose that ability to have those emotions, I need to leave. And that day happened. It's really traumatic for people. I think, I think it's something that's not always talked about, but people that work in those fields, they see a lot of tough things and they watch a lot of people die or suffer. And, that's, and for people who are empathetic, that is not something that's easy to take in. Um, and it's really traumatic. It, it's really taxing and um, and it happens, like you lose your ability to feel those emotions. And it happened to me and I just couldn't work there anymore. I had to quit. I had, and that's when I, when I really left the medical field um, because I felt so empty inside. I was helping people 
And I even had like a patient write me a handwritten letter to tell me how thankful he was for all of the help I had done. And I felt nothing. Um, and that was a really transformative moment for me because usually I'm such a such an emotional person, I would cry over something like that. And I remember reading it and just feeling absolutely nothing about it because I, I just felt so, so exhausted from everything. And it was just not a good situation for me. And I think that's something that, you know, you need to be okay with letting go of what you thought was your dream at some point when it re when you realize that, you know, your dream isn't as easily accessible in the way that you thought, like you can get a different dream or you can get where you need to be, but it's not the same way you pictured it. Um, and I've had a few people since, uh, I'll get to the, I'll mention actually the switch, right? But, but I've had a few people mention me leaving the medical field and say, why didn't you stay and try to, you know, work your way up and change, change the corporation within? And I just think <laughs> you need to be realistic too of your happiness. Like we all want to make big changes in the world, right? We want to like really, we want to help people and we want to connect with people, but you also can't, for me, it was a little in, unrealistic to think that I could change an entire corporation that's like multinational by just like building my way up as a physician because that's not how how the medical field works but also i just if you're not happy that doesn't mean that you have to change the entire medical field it's okay to say i just wasn't happy with that so i wanted to go into a field that would make me happier it's okay to do that right you're not a bad person for leaving. Yeah, you, you said a lot of big things there. Um, you know, I think that that final point is really, really, it's like what I said before, like, it's simple. It's very simple. How, how much easier it would be to think, let me change my situation rather than the entire world, because that is how we impact change, right? Like, that's the, that's the ripple effect in motion is like you doing this awesome thing for you and and then being more inspired in your life and and more passionate about what you end up doing because you are no longer doing this thing that just weighs you down and then you inspire people around you like that's how we make change that's how we change major corporations and you know the world is is in those those tiny micro changes um to think that you in your lifetime by working your way up the corporate ladder to the top of the hospital or to the top of the field or whatever, like in your lifetime, even, even minute changes are like at, at the root of it. I mean, money-based and like there, there's just, there's so much politics to it. Like, good luck, whoever wants to do that. Good luck. But like, realistically, like, think about yourself first. And people, I think, think that that's really selfish. And at the end of the day, it's exactly what you said. It's, it's just realistic. Definitely. I can, I can better help people if I'm doing something that makes me happy. Right. Totally. Like, I can make a bigger impact on people if I'm in the right field, if I'm in the right position, if I'm at a job that I feel like I can make an impact. But if you're at a job that you feel like you can't make the impact you want, it's not, it's not you, right? Like you can make an impact some other way. It just might not be working in that way at that position in right. the way that it's happening. There was another thing that you said um, about I mean, there were, there were really like a lot of things that you said in there that I was like, oh my God, that's huge. Um, but I mean, you're obviously not the first empathetic person to be in the medical field. I mean, when we watch CSI, our brains are not meant, we are not evolved to handle the amount of gore that you see working in these fields. And so for an empathetic person to become jaded to that really does say a lot. But I think the biggest takeaway from that, for me at least, was when you told your then boyfriend, if that day ever comes, I need to leave. And then you stuck to that because how many of us and how often do we say, I can't deal with this anymore. If, 
if this happens one more time, I'm done. If he says that one more time, I'm done. If she does this one more time, I'm done with people, mm-hmm. with relationships, you know, with careers, with school, with athletics, with whatever, with politics. I mean, and we just accept it. We, we accept it as our fate and we don't do anything to change it. And so sticking with your guns on that and saying, I said this, you know, and here's this beautiful, nice letter that this guy just wrote me. And I feel nothing like you had checked out already. And when you're checked out, Mm -hmm. get out of there, get the hell out of there. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I think for me, when I, even when I said that to the person I was dating then, um, I didn't, I really did not think that I would get there. (laughs) I really did not. Right. Like I was like, ah, I'm, I'm better than that, right? Like I, I, I can be stronger. Right. Than- That's what we think. We need to be stronger to handle more. <laughs> like it's crazy. This is like it's a total women's like. <laughs> that is like our whole thing as women is like I'm strong enough to handle this. I mean, and I know men think it too, but this is the women's empowerment series. Get it right. <laughs> um, we just think that like if I'm stronger, I'll be able to handle more. Why would we put more on our plates when we're already like to our wits end? We're you know we're just not as capable. We're not as passionate. We're not as inspired. We don't shine as bright when we are like all shined out when we're spread too thin, when we don't have anything left to give. It's crazy that that's like our norm. I'll just tough this out. I'm so grateful that you didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really, I think it's really hard sometimes to leave a dream. And I think that's why it took me so long to leave. And, you know, when I got that job too, working in the hospital, I was so, I was so excited. I was still getting excited about new positions. But I think at some point, if you keep doing these new positions and you're just not finding what you're looking for, there has to be, right? There has to be something out there that is a little closer to what you're looking for. It gives you, gives you more. Um, and that's just, you know, what I started looking for. I wasn't even necessarily looking for it, right? It kind of, it kind of fell into my lap in a way. Um, but yeah, the, the guy that I was dating and I were, you know, really, we were really close. Um, and we just had like a really good connection and, and he knew that I was struggling with like the medical field and everything. Um, and one day we were just sitting, we were just sitting around and and we weren't saying anything. I can't even remember what, what, what we were even doing. Um, but he just said to me, I think you should consider um, I think you should consider architecture. And, and I had been thinking about it for a while at that point, and I had never mentioned it to him. It was something that I had considered in high school before I chose medicine, because I did like, you know, woodshop classes, and I did CAD classes, and I, so I was interested in it, but I had chosen medicine. And I had, hadn't, hadn't really told him any of this. And he had said that, and it was just that moment that I was like, yes, I should, I should do that. And it was an instant switch. And that's when everything happened. I quit my job. I got a, um, the part-time job I had, I just started working more at so I could study for the GREs and I just started applying. And um, in the end, him and I didn't work out due to that, right? Because we just had different goals in the end of where we wanted to end up and what we wanted in our future. But, you know, we got, I think we both got to where we needed to in that relationship and we helped each other get there. Um, and, and then everything just kind of fell in place. You know, it's, it's kind of weird when, you know, you're struggling to make a dream happen and you're, you're feeling like all of this, um, you really feel this like tension going forward. Like you feel like everything's pushing you back. Even, even when you're getting like letters of recommendation and everything on a, on a piece of paper looks good, you feel mentally like something's holding you back. When I made that switch, nothing held me back. Everything just flew forward. I have absolutely no idea still like how my portfolio got me into like so many 
decent architecture programs <laughs> because my, my portfolio was terrible. It was like paintings and stuff I did in high school of cats and, <laughs> and like some sketches of like little baby owls and I have absolutely no idea how but I got like the universe right like that's when something is meant to be that like everything once you say what you want and and you start moving towards it the universe literally starts like working for you to supply that future like when you really start working towards it. Um, and I'm sure your portfolio was still great. As I recall, you were like a, you know, 4.0 student in like biochem and, <laughs> or was it molecular biology? Sorry. Oh yeah, I know. I, I tried, uh, I was such a mess. I like tried to do double majors. My freshman year is bio biology and chemistry. <laughs> well, and <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, so many things. Yeah, but. but I mean, it's like that, this, you know, this guy who obviously had an impact on your life in more ways than one, I just, maybe it wasn't casual to him, but just kind of casually saying like the way that people talk about like, you know, future careers or future school choices, just kind of glosses over it. And, and it ends up being like, this inkling that you've been having and you just needed somebody to say it and and that's like that's the importance of us supporting each other right and like showing each other wh what we're really good at and and when we are really lit up and inspired by something you know to say like i think you'd be really good at this or i think you're you're wonderful at this and you should pursue this you know not in a pushy way but like just in that gentle in that gentle nudge of like this is a this is something that you're wonderful at this could be a thing for you um and how kind of the other domino pieces just started to fall around you for that portfolio to be accepted by syracuse and for you know all of your life experiences to kind of lead up to this moment that it was like was meant to be yeah yeah it's been like you know it's, it's always weird looking back of how sometimes, especially at this point, how I got to where I am. And I'm sure, I'm sure you feel that same way, like looking back how you got to like where you are right now with, with anything. It's, it's weird to see how things connected sometimes or how like influenced things. But even my choice to come to Syracuse over, like I was in between Syracuse University and the University of Michigan those were like the two that I was like trying to decide between. Um, and even that decision was really important. And it was something that maybe my first year, I wasn't sure if I made the right choice because I made the choice based on funding, which is very important. <laughs> um, but also based on like, I felt like the, the staff here smiled more and I had a friend here. So those were like really the only factors but when I actually got into architecture, you know, you, the University of Michigan has more resources. So it has like this amazing fabrication lab um, and has more access to more um, academia like people like I shouldn't say academia like, but um, they have more lecturers come in, it seems like than Syracuse. But this is a super small program, right? My class, my first year was like 15 people. Um, wow. Yeah, super, super small. And, and I've been really fortunate here. My second year, I got to study abroad in London for part of the year. And I got to meet some phenomenal people. And one of the people I got to work with was a professor who I still talk to pretty frequently who is this wonderful human who does, um, who works with people working with like peace justice and issues after terrorism. And she's just this wonder, wonderful person who is able to really give me a new outlook on connecting communities. And even though she's not through architecture, she's been like a great resource through my thesis um, and to meet people that are doing community work with architecture. Um, and it's funny, like, had I not come to Syracuse, had I not, um, had I not applied to go to London, had I not done a few things, like, if one of the things I didn't do, then I wouldn't have 
met her who has been wonderful to have in my life and I wouldn't have met people through her who have been wonderful to get to know as well. And there's also so many other people that I've met here that have been just like that. Um, but even at the time when I was like going through the motions of meeting these people or doing the things to set up appointments with these professors, it never felt like um, I was doing anything. I didn't feel like I was doing anything that was going to affect my future. Right. I was being nice and I was reaching out to people and I was just trying to say, like, I like your research. I didn't have any reasons why I was doing it. I just went with it. And I love that. And it's called flow state. (laughs) It's that's a real thing when we're like really where we're meant to be and doing what we're what like lights us up. I keep referencing this, but what lights us up, you know, everything feels natural. That is your flow state when it just feels good and you're being like super efficient and productive and it doesn't even feel like work at all. Sometimes we get there, you know, when we're like actually working on the project, but yours was like throughout, you know, your schooling. It was throughout the whole process of school for you was you were like in this flow state. And I'm sure there were times you weren't, but (laughs) when you were meeting these people and making these connections and, you know, meeting these mentors and these people that would impact you throughout your school and throughout your life. I mean, those are connections that are irreplaceable. Everybody comes into our life and teaches us something if we're looking for it, you know, we, we see the teacher when we're ready to be the student. And it's, uh, it's, it's really cool, you know, to hear this, this perspective of it, this, this woman who, who greatly impacted your life and, and all of these, these chance encounters that weren't really chance, they were meant to be, they were, you know, you had been working towards it, towards this, this beautiful life that you're creating for yourself. That's so, I had no idea what that was called. I've never <laughs> experienced it before. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, you had been fighting everything your whole life, as, as so many of us are through so much of our life, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you're trying to make something fit that doesn't fit, you feel it, right? It just doesn't feel like anything's you, you feel like you're putting more energy into something than you should be. Yeah, you're trying to squeeze a circle into a square. You're trying to fit mm-hmm. 10 pounds of potatoes into a five pound bag. There are sayings for this because it's a real thing that we all go through. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting because it really has felt like, I mean, there's definitely been hiccups along the way. Of course, but there's, and there always will be. Yeah, there, but there's just so many moments that like, I just, um, and I think this, I think this is a really important thing, but I, since I've been here, I've been like very genuine and open with people about what I'm trying to do. So I've been very, I've tried to be very honest, right? About, you know, I am a biologist turned into an architecture student who doesn't know a lot of things, right? So I said, so I was, honest with that in the beginning. I know a lot of things now, right? I, I teach um, I teach undergraduate students um, a lot, like a lot of technical stuff and a lot of uh, digital modeling stuff. Um, but I taught theory for a couple years too. So, um, Which so is learned, such a I, cool opportunity for, you know, somebody who wasn't even doing this, you know, a few years ago. Um, a woman to be teaching. And I think you had mentioned to me that uh, they're the only other student who's teaching is also a woman in your program. Yeah, so... um, Or I'm sorry, all the other students who are teaching are are women, not the only other one. Yeah, so we have this like teaching setup where like there's a lot of teaching assistants, but then there's like the, how should I say it? There's like the design design teaching assistantships for your last year that are like really sought after um, because you know design is what architecture is about so you have to be one of the top designers and top students in your class to get that position it's really competitive um, pretty stressful for your GPA right because not only does it offer you a really fantastic teaching opportunity with teaching students 
the most important things in their um, in their education, but it also gives you a lot of monetary benefits too. Right. Um, so it's it's a teaching assistantship for first year undergrads at Syracuse, and Syracuse is like their undergraduate program is like top three or four in the nation. So it's like, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> um, these students are like some of the better ones of the country and they chose Syracuse. And so there's a lot of pressure to really help them do really well. Um, and every year there's maybe like five or six people picked out of, it's usually a pool of, I don't know if there's a pool of like 40, 50 people, I'm not sure. And this year, every single one of them is a female. And actually three out of the five, I think there's five of us. So three out of the five are actually from biology majors too, which is really rare. There's wow. usually biology people in architecture. It usually doesn't happen. <laughs> um, but <laughs> for some reason, Syracuse got a lot of them. <laughs> um, but they're all females and it's awesome to see just like, especially in architecture that's so male dominated, to see women just, you know, kicking butt, being strong, really being leaders in the program, um, it's fantastic. And, and that's just what, what I've seen while I've been here. There's a lot of strong, uh, there's a lot of strong, smart, intelligent, driven women that are really, are really going to change the world, I think, in our future. I love that. And it's, it's so awesome to just be in that kind of, you know, vortex of, of driven, of people who are inspiring of people who are really go-getters and take initiative and leaders. It's a really cool place to be surrounded, you know, in, it's a really cool place to be in. Um, but I loved what you said about, you know, being open about your journey and being honest with people about where you were. Um, something that we had talked about during your preliminary call was this, um, this asking questions, this saying, I don't know, and not being afraid to say that I don't know the answer to that. And it's just such an important thing that I think people think of as a negative to to not know, and, and we sometimes pretend that we know just so that we don't look stupid, but you learn so much more by saying, I don't know, and people then wanna offer their help, you know, especially those mentor type people, those people who really can teach you and can give you the resources to better understand it more than just like an offhanded explanation because you pretended you knew what they were talking about, to really be honest about that, that you need help, that you don't know how to do that. Um, you, you learn that way. That's how you learn. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I came into this program knowing nothing really. <laughs> so I was at that like prime place to be saying like, I, I don't know. And I did have to learn a lot on my own. Um, right. But I, I did have to, in a lot of times ask for where I could find those resources. And I think it's important it was important for me to do a lot of learning on my own through, you know, the digital softwares and stuff like that. I taught, I taught myself a lot of those. I wasn't, I wasn't really taught them by any means besides like maybe some YouTube videos. Um, but when it really came to things about architecture that I was unclear about, it was really important that I let people know that I didn't know that. And I think, I think there's this worry that you're going to come off and sound like dumb or unintelligent. And, and I don't think that's true. I think that if you're coming to someone and saying, I don't know, but you've, you're being honest and you're being thoughtful, then it's not going to come off as unintelligent. And it never has for me. I've never had any of these professors or people think less of me for me not knowing something they still think very highly of me and they're still helping me along the way with everything I'm doing. They just, they know that I just don't know everything. And, you know, they've been in this field for 30, 40 years longer and they want to help me. And if I, if I'm honest with what I need to learn about, if I'm telling people I don't understand things, then they can help me get where I need to be. 
But if I don't tell them those things, if I'm just trying to hide that I don't know, and I'm just trying to recede into that insecurity about myself, then I can't grow and they can't know that I'm struggling. And there's no, there's no place to grow if you're not being honest with people and you're just hiding those insecurities, especially when you're making a big change. It's, I think it's okay to admit that you're, you're new to something. And that's, you know, that's something that I'm going to have to take into when I work in a firm too, because there might be, there might be people that have a master's too in this, in this field, but since they have an undergrad, an undergraduate degree in it, they might be able to jump in and say, oh, I know how to do those details already. I know how to do those drawings or those contracts. And I might not have that experience. So I need to be able to say that, no, I need someone to show me that. But I need to have the confidence to do that too, because just because I don't bring that to the table, I bring this entire other spectrum to the table that other people can't bring from, from having a complete science degree, but also you know, focus on communities and humanitarian work that I get to bring to an architecture firm. So I am an asset to a firm. It's just that I might not be the most obvious, I might not have the most obvious skills that other people might have. And I think, I think it's okay to admit that as well, even in interviews, I think that's completely okay to admit that you don't know those things. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, this is like such a perfect segue into the, the last thing that we were going to talk about, about, um, you know, that it's okay to be different. Um, but like what you were saying about how, you know, you have to kind of face that insecurity of, of, am I good enough? Do I know enough? Am I smart enough? All of that to have the confidence to say, you know, I don't know this and I'm willing to learn, you know, and I'm going to know it really well too. And we're done here because you're going to teach it to me. And then I'm going to learn it, you know, more on my own and I'm going to learn some resources. And there's, it's such a different way to spin it to really, really have like the best understanding of it. Because if you come at any challenge or at any obstacle with this willingness to learn, this eagerness to learn, this excitement to learn. You're going to learn it because you're at you'd like the best version of yourself when you're about to learn it, you know? So you're about to learn this thing. You're going to receive that knowledge so much more than, you know, some 17-year-old freshman in college <laughs> in his first architecture class. You know what I mean? Because he's like, I'm getting drunk on Friday night or, or I'm so stressed or whatever, you know what I mean? Like there's so much going on when you're just 18 to 22, like you, you're not really retaining all of that. Like, <laughs> but, um, but seriously, like it, that's what it is. It's about facing that insecurity, that, that not enoughness that we all kind of have that inner, that inner demon, that, that angry inside voice telling you that you can't do it facing that I can't do it with, I can do it. And I'm going to do it fucking awesome. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to do a really good job at this. Um, but the last thing that we said we were going to talk about today, um, you know, that confidence of being different and that knowledge of yourself that being different is, is more than just okay. You know, sometimes it's even better. Um, can you tell us what you mean by that? Yeah. I mean, no, I like for me, I I came into this program completely different than a lot of people. There were there was one other person when I started that had a biology degree, which was like completely unheard of, like I, I mentioned. Um, but everyone else in our class had some pretty serious architecture backgrounds. Um, and so so I was, you know, that like I felt like a black sheep in that program, right? Like I was completely different in that aspect. And I remember being nervous starting my program, but also thinking, you know, I, I can do this, right? I got here and, and I have the skills to do this. Um, I, I did, you know, St. Vincent was not exactly easy for science. They really pushed us our first year, at least Dr. Kale did. So, so I felt like if I really want this, then I can, I can do it because I've done a lot of other things and, and I really, I really feel good about this. Um, and so I brought, 
I brought a lot of different ideas to the table. And I think, I think in any field, it's really good to have different ideas to the field. And I kind of I kind of went off on a small tangent there, but no, um, not at all. I mean that the creativity and innovation in every field is it comes from each of us having a different personality, a different background, a different upbringing. You like that's why it's so important for us to speak, and that's why it's so important for us to share our ideas because innovation doesn't happen when we're too scared to share. You know our input is so important and your different background is so important and you really can make a change in your field, in your world and in the world, you can leave a huge impact if you are willing to step outside of that comfort zone and, and know that your difference is what makes you you. Your differences are your superpower. Yes, definitely. I mean, I will be leading all of my cover letters and every conversation I have with firms with the fact that I'm different and I will not be hiding that. Um, and that for me should be my superpower when I go into these, these interviews. And I, I, it's really, it's really great to be here at this moment because my first year here, there was one person in my program who I'll leave unnamed, right? Mm -hmm. um, who said to me, some not very nice comments. Um, she was not doing very well in the program. And she had at one point told me that the only reason I was doing well was because I was naive about architecture and I had this, you know, naivete about myself. But she also told me in this not so nice comment that like, she was talking about getting jobs later on and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you'll get a job in a way of like making me not confident that I'll ever get hired right. because of my degree. But, you know, the, I've, I've met with lots of employers. I've talked to lots of professors and people who own firms that I know. Um, and they will even tell you that having a diverse work group is always a benefit and they actually look for it now. So if you're feeling like you can't make the switch because you're not going to have the same track record as other people. I will tell you that it will make you stick out from all of the same candidates that have the same resumes, that have the same backstory. It will just give you an entirely new skill set. And I felt like maybe I, um, I felt like maybe I didn't have enough even from biology to really add that. Like I felt like maybe I just don't have anything to offer. And then I came here and I'm extremely research-based and just my mind from my, um, from my undergraduate degree, but I can, I'm still creative and I, I can still design. I love designing too. Um, so I am able to bring this whole other field of research into architecture that's really important. And I don't think that people sometimes realize how interdisciplinary every field is. All of our fields cross over each other's architecture is definitely, it's like involved in everything. But every time that you bring a new skill set to a job, it just is going to help you do things differently, which isn't bad because things being different always helps push them forward. If things stay the same, they just stagnate and we don't get any progress. Progress is good and we need different people in different fields to have that. And so you become an asset to help that growth of new designs, new projects, new anything that you're doing. And, and that's a great thing to be able to bring to a table. So, so if you are making a change, I would just say, you know, don't be afraid to make a change to wherever you go to be, don't be afraid to say, you know, maybe we could look at it a little differently. Maybe we could view it this way, because if you're in a healthy work environment, a place that really appreciates you, they'll listen. And there's a chance that you're going to make a really big impact by doing those things. And there's a chance that you'll inspire other people to step outside of their comfort zone as well and also say something and also have a suggestion, you know, and it will promote that healthy work environment wherever you are, because at the very least, it'll show somebody will hear that and be like, oh man, 
they're thinking things that they're not saying. You know what I mean? Like we need to promote the these healthier work environments because exactly what you're saying, all of these fields cross over into each other. Um, and we do need that progress. We, we can't keep doing things the way that we're doing things because it's not sustainable. So we've got to start standing up and making those changes. Um, Ashley, do you have any final thoughts for us today? This was such a great conversation. Oh, thanks. No, it, was, it was great to be here. And I loved talking about it. It's been like a wonderful journey to look back on the things that I've done and the reasons why I've done it. And I think I have to say, if anyone does make any big changes, maybe you should journal it because I, I wish I had journaled more often about my journey, but it's been a really great journey. And as scary as it is for me to not have a clear plan all the time in the way that I always have had, um, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't go back and have the life that I had before. I'm excited about these new journeys. Um, I feel really good about it. And I feel like I feel more me than I felt ever. And I think that's a really great thing to really feel like you is really exciting isn't it though it's it's pretty cool to to get to to be comfortable in your own skin and and really like facing this stuff head on yeah so you know if anyone's listening and and struggling with that you know just honestly be you like i i think when you really when you really meet people and get to know people and you see them for who they are, I think you always find that they're just like these beautiful, beautiful souls. And I think we can be less afraid to show that and be us. So that's how, I think I'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Well, thank you, Ashley, so much. This was, like I said, such a great conversation. It has been so awesome kind of being a little bit more behind the scenes with your life this last year. I'm so grateful that we were able to reconnect and so glad that we were finally able to record this episode we've been talking about for literally a year. <laughs> yeah, I am too. It's been wonderful talking to you and thank you for having me here. Where can our listeners find you? So I mainly only use Instagram at nowikipedia23, um, which I was really proud of. <laughs> no wikipedia felt really good so you it's, can find me there it does and it goes with your very research oriented mind my <laughs> nerd side a little bit <laughs> all right ashley thank you again so much and i'll talk to you very soon bye thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode for more information on this episode check out the show notes or find me on instagram at liz without a pillow if you loved what you listened to or know somebody that would, please share it. Screenshot the episode in the podcast app, share it to your Instagram story, and tag me. If you'd like to lend your personal support, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be so grateful. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. See you then.